Well, hey, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome back to the channel for this installment of Open Mic, the show where the mic is open, the floor is yours. What are the things that you guys want to talk about in this great big world of movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all sorts of good stuff? I'm, of course, your host, John Campia. I'm joined in the studio today by Ray Ora, hey, of what's course. Up, everyone? Jonathan Voico. Hey, guys. And uh, most importantly, you guys. Good to have you guys here. Now, listen, there are two different ways to get a topic or a question uh, for us to address on the show. Number one is you can anytime, 24-7, just use our tip link and write in at www.streamelements.com slash johncampia slash tip. You can send it in there. Or if you happen to be watching live right now as we're doing this live stream, you can use the Super Chat feature and send it in that way. And we're going to get to all the questions you guys have been sending in, but I want to touch on this a little bit first. Well, first of all, I know, indulge me for a minute, guys. Indulge me for a minute. My heart goes out a little bit to all the New York Jet fans out there. Oh, boy. All season, all preseason, it was all oh, this is the year. We got Aaron Rodgers now. Oh, no. Gonna change everything. I mean, never mind the fact that last year was probably his worst season. That he's had, but you know, get into a new scenery, you know, new team, new people around him, maybe rediscover some of that old glory. And that looked good in the preseason, didn't do a lot of preseason actually, but looked good. And uh, everybody's just, oh, it's going to be that year. Four plays, Ray. Aaron Rodgers had four plays as a New York Jet. And I get, what was it? His uh, Achilles heel? Uh, was that was, was that was, I think it's the Achilles, the Achilles ruptured Achilles tendon out for the year, Ray. Don't, don't put my name on here. Out for ah. the year. Your boy, Aaron Rodgers. My boy. Out for the year. Moy, my, moy boy. <laughs> Your boy. That boy, boy. Hey man. Hey, mm -mm, I'm not touching this one. You, hey, you're on your own. All buddy. I know <laughs> is, is that if Kevin Arnold likes the Jets, then the Jets are okay by <laughs> the me. The Jets are okay by me. Fun I, fact, that's my junior high school that was shot at. That's probably the worst situation that could have happened for the Jets. I oh, my remember. God. Four plays. My a God. year of, this is the year. This is it. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm don't. They still got the win, though. Oh, they got the win. They Listen, their defense is freaking legit. They made the most potent offense in the NFL look like school children. Last night, their defense is legit, and they can carry them to the playoffs. I don't know if they can carry them to the Super Bowl, but I, I just four plays, and he goes down. I, I was not Aaron Rodgers' fault. An injury is an injury; it happens. But oh my god! You know I, the best the best situation that they could have set themselves up with. Hopefully, I don't know anything about the Jets. I don't even know anything about my team this year. But um, they did not if, look if, good. You're the best. Yeah, did yeah. not look good. Yeah, I read Sunday. about it. I read about it. It's just the beginning of the season. It usually takes me a little while to get started into watching football. It takes me a little kick in the ass to like get going. But the best scenario is hopefully knowing that Aaron Rodgers is reaching up in years. They have a backup that they that they could uh, you know really. Well, they got a match. backup who's the number one draft pick. Oh. It's time to go with, then. Exactly. Right? They, it's they, go time. I mean, they, they, he was going to be the star last year. I mean, he stepped well, in. he is now. Go Woo. throw him in with the Sharks. Uh, yeah. I, I just, good luck to the Jets. Poor, I've, I I legit feel bad for Jets fans. I mean, that, that, that was a tough, tough pill to swallow last night. All right. Uh, now let's get on the thing I actually want to talk. Let's switch cameras there, Jonathan. Uh, now let's want to talk about the thing I really want to talk about here, which is it, it, this morning on the John Campy Show podcast, 
we went over an article online about the the 12 most rumored cameos that we could see in Deadpool 3. And one of those ones that came up was Daphne Keene, of course, who was X-23 in one of the greatest comic book movies ever made. I still contend Logan is a top three greatest comic book movie of all time. It's, it's, it transcends just being a comic book movie. It's just a great movie. It's really a Western, uh, almost more than a comic book film, but that movie was incredible. And she was a big breakout star in it. Now she of course is coming up in a new star Wars series as well. The acolyte, which is the one that I've been most excited about. Acolyte is the this, this Star Wars series that I'm most excited about, and I have been for a long time. Can't wait to see it. And listen, Daphne Keene isn't that little girl anymore. She's 18 now. So it's, and if we got a glimpse of her in His Dark Materials, she was quite strong in that. I'm not going to pretend I loved the show. I didn't, but I mean, she was really quite good. And she's shown she belongs. She belongs. Logan wasn't a fluke. She's really good. And we're going to see just how good she can be. And so the the thing came up about the idea about some rumors going around that maybe she could be in uh, making a cameo in Deadpool since, you know, uh, Wolverine's going to be in there. Chris raised the biggest objection that I, I think has the most validity, which is how do you have, when you consider the importance of X-23 in that Logan movie and that emotional goodbye, and she calls him daddy and, and like all that kind of stuff, how do you have that character pop up as a cameo? Like how, how does that character just kind of float in with all the emotional connections with Wolverine and all, like I could see them doing that with say, um, Jean Grey. I could see them doing that with Cyclops. I can see them doing that with Storm. I could see them doing that with a lot of different characters. But when you look back at Logan and that movie and her importance to him, it's hard to imagine her just floating in. And I can't see them making her a main character in the movie either because that's going to completely sidetrack the film. The movie's not Logan and X-23, right? It's Deadpool 3. So... I said during the podcast earlier today that I would actually love to see this. Like, I, I would love to see her in it. And, like, the the emotional response of maybe her seeing Logan alive again or, or whatever, I would love to see it. I just don't know how you fit that in a movie that's about something completely different and about something completely else. Especially with all the other cameos that probably are going to happen, right? Because we know Jennifer Garner's in it as Electra. I feel pretty safe that Halle Berry is going to be in there as Storm. I feel it's pretty safe to think that Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are going to be in there as Professor X and Magneto. I, I, I would put $5 on Lee of Schreiber popping up there in there as Sabretooth. I mean, so we've already getting a big, long laundry list of cameos that would probably happen. I don't think that that whole Elizabeth Olsen is... Scarlet Witch showing up. I don't buy that one. I don't buy the uh, Wesley Snipes' Blade. We have another prominent person we haven't even mentioned. Uh, who's that? Who's been throughout all the X-Men films, Mystique. Mm. I well, mean, we, we've, we, we haven't mentioned her. Maybe it's because it's just not in the reports. People are not hearing anything. So why, why bring in a character that people aren't even r rumored? So I get it, but Well, still. there's two other things too, right? There's two other things. One is... Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, you mean the new Mystique, Taylor Swift? 
Okay, let me. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to go there, I'm going to tell you. But, but who has played Mystique? You're right? right, right, right. Jennifer Lawrence has played Mystique. She's never going to do that and again. And Rebecca like, Romaine. You could tell that, that Jennifer Lawrence, who is an Academy Award winning actress, she's ridiculously fantastic. She's a marvelous actress. But you could tell after X-Men First Class, she checked out. Yeah, she packed she it She didn't in. even want to be in the other ones. She packed it, it in. Yeah. And then uh, Rebecca Romaine, Stamos, formerly known as Stamos, right? Yeah. I think she has moved on from the character, yeah. right? She's on Star Trek Strange New Worlds now. She's kicking all kinds of ass on that. So while the character would make kind of make sense, I just don't see either one of the actresses who have portrayed it actually being interested in coming back. So I, there's one that. more cameo I was thinking about, and this is out there, but Batman, they, X-Men 97 animated. You know how we were, there was rumors about Dr. Strange going into animated and coming back. Do you think this movie can do something like that? Nah. Do you see it? Dude? Cause that, Ryan Reynolds isn't nah. much of an animation fan, right? So. I, I mean, look, I, the problem is there is a group of us who watched that old X-Men animated show. But that group of us is not as big as we think it is. Oh, yeah. No, right? I never. Yeah. So it, it just bringing in a character to say, oh, that's the anime, that's the live action version of the animated character. I, I think it's going to go whoosh over just a lot of people's I, heads. I mean, because with me, as soon as I saw Wolverine in his classic Wolverine uniform, well, I said, sort of classic. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, it's classic I, colors. Yeah, I said, okay, everything's out the door. Anything could happen in this movie. Uh, I mean, it's true. Anything could. I mean, listen, we literally saw a production picture of Wolverine and Deadpool battling in front of the ruins of 20th Century Fox <laughs> Studios. Great, I mean, there's literally, there's nothing is off the table. Anything's on the menu. That needs to be a wallpaper for sure. I've been looking for someone to make that, remake that ruins of Fox so I could use it as well, wallpaper. Well, just, just get the image and uh, take it to one of those sites that'll upscale to 4K. There's the image right there. There you I go. Mean, that is, that is that is absolutely... Oh, wow, My we're standing right there. favorite image from yeah. the production images. Now, there have been great ones of Deadpool and Wolverine side by side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But them in front of the destroyed ruins of oh. 20th Century Fox, which, of course, is where the original Deadpool and where the X-Men movies were made. I, I mean, to me, that is just brilliant. I haven't even seen that pic yet. I didn't know they actually built that. Oh, yeah. You hadn't seen that one no, yet? No, I didn't see, like, the set people. I haven't oh, seen yeah. any. I, I've been trying not to look for photos, to be honest, just because, you know, I don't want to see anything that, you know, maybe you want to be a keep a surprise. Kind of hard, though, but. And what is that? In the, is that like a rocket sticking out of the ground? Yeah, it looks like a, a <laughs> rocket or a jet. That's great. <laughs> and you can see there's actually, looks like a couple stunt men versions of Wolverine, because there's two, there's two people in yellow right there. There's one at the very edge of the well, screen. Well, I see the one on the right side edge. And then one right where that little wrecked building is. Wait, do both of them look like Wolverine though? Mm, yeah. Well, I see I see Ryan Reynolds right and there's one arm yeah. in the yellow, yellow behind somebody else. You're right. Man. There's multiple Wolverines there. Yeah. Mm. So whether that's just a stuntman situation, but why would you have Wolver why would you have Hugh Jackman and the stuntman on set at the same time in costume? But what maybe it's multiple versions yeah, of Wolverine maybe. running around? Man. Anyway, we're supposed to be talking about Daphne King. <laughs> That's great. This movie's coming out next week. So, I'm so excited. Yeah, come here next week. Anytime now. So th this whole idea about getting back to the Daphne Keene thing. Look, I, I'm going to go to the thing of saying this. And sometimes you got to make a tough choice as a fan. 
But I will say this. While I will undoubtedly cheer in theaters if she does pop up in this movie, I don't think they should put her in. They wouldn't technically have met anyways because he has to become old man Logan before they even met. And he's younger here. Maybe, but forget his perspective, her perspective, mm -hmm. right? Like she called him daddy. Yeah, and then to see him alive again, oh. like he might not know, but she would know, right? I just- They shouldn't the, touch that, man. Yeah, it's just, you're right. They shouldn't touch it. And just ruin it. Unless, unless- you were making an X-23 movie and having Hugh Jackman in it. That all is all fine, but it's like literally that is a storyline that would completely hijack the movie. So I kind of feel like while it would be really cool and I would cheer, I, I think they should probably leave her out. All, I, I think all the ones, all the cameos are we're going to see are the ones that just want to do it one more time, even if it's for a second or just, you know, to like, because they felt like, Oh yeah, you know, I left off my char this character not the way I wanted. Maybe they have that little thing in where they'll be like, "Okay, that's the last time I'm going to play him." That's why I I really think you're right about the Patrick uh what's his name? Stewart? S Stewart and uh Ian Mc Mc McKellen? Yep. I I think they're going to be in it. Um Jennifer Garner is a good example of that. She left that kind of like, you know, I, I The funny thing is she's the only one that's official. She's the only one that's officially confirmed as <laughs> going to be. And oh, then man. that opens the door to everything now, too. I, yeah, who, yeah, who knows? All right. <laughs> With that down, guys, we're going to get over and start taking your questions. But before we do, we're going to take a quick moment here and thank a couple of sponsors of today's episode of Open Mic, our friends at Masterclass and Vessi. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Masterclass. Guys, you know, as a small business owner, I am finding myself having to be in negotiations all the time, whether it's with new contractors, vendors, or even agencies that represent our company. Now, I don't like to go into these negotiations unarmed, so I found the perfect class on Masterclass, The Art of Negotiation by Chris Voss, a real-life former FBI lead hostage negotiator. Taking this class on Masterclass made me feel a lot more equipped and confident going into all these various negotiations. I have to do on a regular basis. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. An annual membership starts at just $10 a month, and you get unlimited access to every instructor, thousands of online lessons, exclusive content, insight, and much more. There are over 180 classes to pick from, everything from filmmaking with Martin Scorsese all the way to cooking with the great Gordon Ramsay. In Masterclass, you will find practical lessons that you can apply to your life and work. So guys, get unlimited access to every class. And right now, as a John Campy Show listener, you can get 15% off when you go to masterclass.com slash campia. That's masterclass.com slash campia for 15% off an annual membership. Masterclass.com slash campia. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of this video, Vessi. Now, like me, I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of Vessi, the shoe that claims to be incredibly comfortable and waterproof on top of that. Well, these claims are really interesting to me because as a Canadian who walked around in a lot of snow and as somebody who likes to go camping and hiking with his wife on the weekends, there's nothing more uncomfortable and horrible than walking around in wet feet. So after receiving my first pair of Vessis and noticing how incredibly good looking the shoes are and how mind-boggling comfortable and flexible they are, the first thing I did was I took them into the 
the backyard to put it to the supreme waterproof test and dipped my feet in my pool. Guys, my feet were bone dry. And like 20 seconds after having them in the pool and I touched them, the shoes themselves were also bone dry. Guys, seriously, these shoes are stupidly comfortable. They look great and they absolutely lived up to the claim of being waterproof and keeping my feet dry. I absolutely love my Vessi shoes. So guys, if you want shoes that are good looking, are ridiculously comfortable, and on top of all that waterproof, you need to head to Vessi.com slash Campia and get yourselves a pair today. Go to Vessi.com slash Campia and get shoes for your best summer yet. And thank you to our friends from Masterclass and Vessi for sponsoring this episode. All right, guys, with that down, let's get over to the questions you guys have been sending in, shall we? Jonathan, what do we got up first? We got Dave Bowers who writes, hey, that's not my camera. Here we go. Boop. Uh, really hoping Disney and more importantly, Lucasfilm moves past its uh, reliance on the volume. I like to soak episode four, but a lot of the action looks uh, stilted and limited by the environment. Well, I mean, look. The volume is a technological marvel, right? It, 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 for those of you who don't know what we're talking about when we say the volume, it's that kind of dome stage where instead of having to build sets or go to locations, they literally are inside this this room where it's all projected on the walls, and that's the environment. It really became into forefront when they did Mandalorian Season 1. It is a technological marvel and is great for when you need it. The problem is when they start using it when they don't even really need it or when it's not the best tool. You know, Mandalorian, it was one thing. Like, instead of trying to get your whole cast and crew and go out to the desert somewhere, like going like George Lucas did, take them out to Tunisia, you know, you wouldn't need a desert world and a desert atmosphere. Use the volume. It, and it worked perfectly because it was the right application for it. The problem is... And we all do this. When something kind of works, we start to use it even when it's not the most appropriate time to use it. And we have seen in some of the shows when it's become like, even in like Ahsoka, we've seen shots where it's like things that are supposed to be natural smooth. You can literally see the right angle of where the floor ends in the volume yeah. and the wall starts. They've used it in, in a lot of places and times in different shows when it's just not the right thing to do, not the right time to use it. Listen, there's going to be a time and a place in every movie and show they do where the volume is going to be a great tool to use. Just don't make it the only thing you're using. Like, the one of the things that made Andor, Rob brings this up a lot, one of the things about Andor that made Andor so cinematic and so amazing is that it was all real locations. They didn't use the volume for Andor. It was all real location. It just made it feel bigger. It made it feel more cinematic. It just gave a, 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 you know, a more authentic feel to it. And again, that's not to say that they shouldn't use the volume. They should. They just need to limit it to when it's the right tool. And it's not as often as they do. <laughs> should be honest with you. All right. What's next? We got Joe Adonis. Tiu says, hi, John. John and Ray. <laughs> Ray with Harlow's fascination with UAP UFO phenomenon. He got me hooked on a channel called The Y-File. They have a lot of moon-related topics there. It's bonkers and fascinating stuff. Are you familiar with the channel? I'll be no. honest with you. Joe Adonis, my, my friend, you longtime channel member, adore you, but let me let me be honest with you. I don't give a flying fuck about all that bullshit. I Aww. really don't. I just, I just don't. I'm not begging on you if you are. Not at all. I'm just saying for me, don't give two squirts a piss about it, so I'm, I'm not going to give it a Joe. second thought. Yeah. 
All right, what's next? Uh, Anonymous writes, hey, John, John and Ray, I know you guys are big Lord of the Rings fans, and I wanted to know if you guys are looking forward to the animated movie that's coming out next year. Uh, I personally, I, no, wait, what? I personally am, oh, I personally am. I personally am, am, okay. am period. I've seen Lord <laughs> of the Rings, just haven't seen the Hobbit movies yet, but I know I will soon. I didn't know there was an animated. Yeah, it's called, uh, what is it, The Ride of the Rohirrim? Huh. Or yeah. so, or I think I War think, of the Rohirrim. War of the Rohirrim. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, listen, anything to do with Tolkien's world, Middle Earth, I'm down. I, I mean, I, I'm absolutely down. I even love the old or animated original uh, Lord of the Rings animated films that look so weird today. But <laughs> I, you know, at the time, ate them up. So yes, I am very much looking forward to it. Do I wish it was live action? Sure. But I mean, even in animated form, I, I think it can be really great. As far as the Hobbit films go, to be honest, you know, I watched a little bit more of, I, I watched the Hobbit again a, a little bit uh, and bits of the, the other two movies as well. Here's the thing about the Hobbit and the Hob the three Hobbit films. You guys might remember it was originally supposed to be two movies. The Hobbit was meant to be two movies. And I remember it was at Comic-Con, not long, I mean, more than just a few weeks, but I mean, not long, months away from when they were supposed to do it, that they announced, hey, we decided to make it three movies. And I remember thinking, really? The Lord of the Rings were three big books, and they broke those, so they had three movies. The Hobbit is like a short book, and they were breaking one short book into three movies. Yeah. So that was that was their first mistake. Here's the thing, because there's such a quality difference between the Lord of the Rings films and The Hobbit, a lot of us looked at The Hobbit as like cheap trash. You know what, though? The Hobbit films really aren't that bad. I mean, they, they, they pale in comparison to The Lord of the Rings. But I think if you go back and revisit them with a clean slate in mind, particularly the first one, and, and you know, those Hobbit films, they have some magic moments. In the first film, when the dwarves show up, at Bilbo's house and they start singing that song dun, 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 and break mm -hmm. the plates. That's what Bilbo Baggins hates and blah, blah. I was like, you gotta remember the Hobbit was my favorite book as a kid. Like I would read the Hobbit all the time. And to see this playing out, it was just, it was really joyous and wonderful. Again, nowhere near as good as the first Lord of the Rings films. But I, I think if a lot of people did a revisit of the hot of the Hobbit films, are they great? No. But I think they'll find it's better than they remembered. But anyway, that, first that's just, two, the set, the third of the problem is just that it's all, you know, not much story. It's just the climax, the entire movie. No, you know what? That's the thing. The third was the worst of it. Even though there were some great set piece action yeah. scenes in it, the problem, the problem from a storytelling point of view is that, you know, in movies, you generally get a three-act structure. Mm -hmm. The third and the first movie had a three act structure. The second movie had a three act structure. The third movie was just all third act structure. That's all it was, and there was no, there was no development. There was no buildup. It was all just payoff. Right. So, for instance, you get this big climax, right, where Thorn Oakenshield is fighting the White Orc, right, fighting the White Orc, and. By the way, the white orc who was motion captured and voiced by Manu Bennett, who played Deathstroke on CW's Arrow. Um, the problem was it had literally been two years 
since we as the audience even saw Thorn Oak and Shield and the White Orc on the screen together, mm-hmm. right? So it's like if it was all in the same movie, we would feel that dramatic tension. But going into the third Hobbit movie, it's like we hadn't seen them even on screen together in a couple of years. That that was just then, and just all of a sudden they're face to face and fighting it off on the ice. And it's like, great, but there's no dramatic, I mean, the action was great, but there was no dramatic tension. Right. And because of just the way they really shouldn't have broken those movies into three. Anyway. All right. What's next? Uh, Edwin says, hey, I'm back, guys. I don't know if you covered this on the show, but Bad Bunny confirmed that he's no longer involved in El Muerto. I think this might, uh, this movie might get canned at this point. Oh, yeah. When, when we talked about, when they pulled El Muerto off the release schedule, that, how long ago was that now? Like two months ago? We talked about that yeah, a month ago? Yeah, I think ago? so. Around there. Yeah, it's like they didn't just delay it. They pulled it right off the release schedule. And it had been a while. And because it wasn't this CinemaCon, it was last year's CinemaCon that they announced that it was happening. And there had been absolutely zero news about it. And then they pulled off a release. And we said at that time, this movie's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. And to be quite frank with you, it was an idiotic decision. By the way, Bad Bunny makes some really good music. And by the way, too, not a bad little wrestler. Nope. Yep. But taking a music star who is not an actor and making them the lead actor in a movie is really dumb. It's really dumb. I mean, yeah, he's popular, but so's Taylor Swift, and nobody went to go see Cats because Taylor Swift was in it. Um, it is Sony, man. They made Morbius, right? Yeah, I mean, so I, I think everybody just thought better and decided to pull the plug on. So, so yeah, not surprised here that Bad Bunny himself also. But yeah, we we kind of already knew that movie wasn't going to happen, which is too bad because with the right lead, that's a really interesting character you can make an interesting movie out of. I, I just don't think it was the right decision to get somebody, hey, what movies have you been the lead actor? Never, never been the lead actor in anything. Had a short appearance in Bullet Train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and now he's going to be the lead. Really? You're going to put all the acting burden on this to carry this movie? It, I just thought it was a really bad decision. All right. What's next? Uh, Spider Yavnik writes, are you guys excited for Sex Education's final season? Started watching a while ago and was surprised at how deep and moving this show is. Captures the awkwardness, but also the charm of being a teen. Definitely recommend. Uh, P.S. Why is Emma M- uh, Mackey uh, lookalike? Or it looks like Margot. I'm guessing Margot Robbie. Maybe uh, she means Margot Kidder. Uh, no, uh, doubt they met Margot Kidder. <laughs> yeah. um, never watched the show. I know Rob did. I know Rob quite likes that. He's he's coming and talked about the show a couple of times. I'll be honest with you. I saw a headline in my newsfeed about, you know, oh, the, the final season of Sex Education. I didn't even know it was still going, to be honest with you. So, I mean, look, there's... We live in an era right now where there's so much good television that it's impossible to watch it all. And so there's some really good shows out there, at least from what I understand, that are really good, like Such Education, that I haven't had a chance to watch it because I've got other things I'm watching. But I've heard good things about it. I've just never seen it myself. Either of you guys watched it? No, I have not. All right. Okay, what's next? All right, we've got... Chef Rio Rio. went to a Harkins theater for the first time. Never heard of them. Last time, uh, last night to watch The Nun 2. Safe to say, I'll never take an AMC theater for granted again. Here's the unfortunate thing. Even with AMC theaters, though. Now, look, a couple of years ago, you guys may not know this. This is a really weird thing. 
back where I used to have my AMC studio, we were located right in the AMC Burbank 16 theater. Okay. We had this, there's a round part of the building connected to the main theater. That was a glorified giant storage closet. They gave it to me so we could turn it into a studio space, offices in a studio space for when we did AMC Movie Talk. Well, within a five-minute walk in either direction, there were two other AMC theaters. That's the AMC Burbank 16. The round part there that you see those red signs on, uh, that was our AMC Movie News Studio. It was right there. Good times there, by the way. Good times there. But now, like a five-minute walk in either direction of that studio and that theater were two other AMC theaters, the AMC 6 and the AMC 8. The AMC Burbank 6 and the AMC Burbank 8. And let me tell you something. They were dumpy, like really dumpy. Like you didn't want to go to a movie there. Now, while we were at, at AMC, they did this big nationwide refurb of like almost all their theaters. They took their lowest performing theaters to put prime leather recliner seats in them, updated all of them. And all of a sudden, the six and the eight were spectacular and really great. And Ann and I started going to some movies there instead of the Burbank 16. The point is, is that a lot of theater chains will have some great theaters. And even though they're a great chain, they'll also have some dumpy theaters. So what I would say is, while I've never been to a Harkins theater, I'm very familiar with, with them. Well, I've never had the chance to go to one. I would probably suggest don't think that just because you went to a less than great one, that that doesn't mean they don't also have some great theaters. They probably do have some great ones and they probably have the odd dumpy one too. So again, I don't know how representative that one experience you had would be of their whole theater chain, but I'm sorry you didn't have a great experience, man. All right, what's next? I mean, right. Where's your anticipation excitement for the creator? I'm actually really looking forward to it. Curious to see what the reviews will be like. It's, it's getting there, actually. I was, you know, I was the only one out of all of us who went to CinemaCon this year that I, they showed us this big presentation of the creator and I was the only one, everybody else in the group was super excited about it. I'm like, eh, I didn't think it looked all that interesting. But the last trailer really, because I remember we talked about it, the last trailer came out. I'm like, you know what? Now, now I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to feel it. So I'm getting kind of excited. We just got our tickets for it. I forgot what they were watching. Um, but here's the thing. And I hate to be the one to throw a wet blanket on stuff. <laughs> Nobody's going to go watch it. I don't think it's going to make any money. I haven't seen a trailer play in any movie I've seen yet. Really? Yep. I've seen it play a few places. They're doing a pretty good TV push. I've seen it play in some football games too, mm. like some NFL football games. But I just think it's more heady sci-fi, which I like but doesn't normally do a good job of bringing out a big audience. And I think the movie's going to be great, to be honest with you. But I have a feeling you're looking at like a $30 million or less opening. Mm. I, I don't think it's going to do well, unfortunately. But I don't know. We'll see. All right, what's next? We got Connor Dorian who writes, um, they are making a sequel to Brightburn. Why? They are? I mean... I have no idea why. I was really excited for Brightburn. I I mean, for those of you who don't remember it, that was the movie about, it's kind of a what if movie. What if Superman, although it was not Clark Kent in the movie, it was a, they gave all the characters different names, but what if Superman was a bad kid and broke evil? 
instead of good. So they, it's a movie that kind of followed the Superman mythos, right? This farm, farm country kind of couple find this child in a meteorite probe capsule, whatever in the fields and raise them as their own kid starts to come to the, and as a kid starts to come to his power, but you start realizing he's not a good kid. And what happens if that kid is bad? By the way, it's also the movie that made popular the Billie Eilish song, I'm the Bad Guy. Boom, 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 boom. That, that's kind of the, the movie that made it popular. And James Gunn, by the way, was a producer of that movie. He wasn't the director of it, but he was a producer on that movie. Not a good film. Not, not a good movie. Um, and <laughs> nobody really went to go see it. It's a great concept. Yeah, the, the concept news, is great, but nobody went to see it. The news dropped like a few hours ago. Maybe you should. It has something to do with AI, from what I'm reading. But I'm not gonna try to guess. There's a bunch of stuff that probably you'll understand better if you. Read right, it I'll, than take, I would. I'll take. I'll take a Maybe we'll talk about it on the show tomorrow. But I have a hard time believing this is gonna go to theaters. Because Ray, maybe you can look up what did the first Brightburn make yeah, at the sure. box? Because I don't think it was much. I, if it's anything, it's probably gonna be like a straight to home video thing. Anyway, all right. What's next? We've got Harvest K who writes, uh, it's Tano Tuesday. Tonight's Ahsoka is also screening in some select theaters. Hopefully that indicates this will be another good episode. Hopefully. <laughs> well, uh, here's the thing. Disney also thought it would be a great idea to put their show, The Inhumans, in movie theaters. That's where I saw the first two episodes. I bought tickets and I went to go see, woo, the new MCU show, this new Marvel show, Inhumans. It was, I don't know if it was MCU or not. Can't even remember now. It doesn't matter. because Yeah, remember? Because remember when they did the, the phase slate, the announcement? Remember it was up there? But there was going to be an Inhumans movie. Oh, right. right? Okay. This, this, they, they, they canned the movie. They did the TV show. And uh, somebody over there thought it was a good idea to put that in movie theaters. And that was <laughs> garbage. That was really, really bad. Look, I'll, I'll say is this. Last week's episode of Ahsoka was the first really good episode. Like, it, it was the episode, the way I put it is, it was the episode that truly showed the potential of this show, the promise of this show. Like, what this show can be was kind of epitomized in that episode four. It was a truly entertaining, well-written, well-paced just a really good, solid episode of Star Wars, you know? The other three were not, but four was. And so I'm really kind of excited tonight to, like, get home and what are we in, like, one hour and 55 minutes from now, the next episode of Ahsoka drops. And I'm really excited to find out, was that a fluke? Was episode four a fluke? Or... Was that the show really finding its feet and now it's picking up momentum? And uh, we're going to find out tonight, but I'm saying, did you find out that Brightburn? Oh, yeah, it was me and Jonathan. <laughs> it was 33 million. Yep. 33 million total. Six million budget, but yeah, 33. Opening, I mean, it's not, million. You know, for a $6 million budget, but still, that's not a movie you're going to be not a lot putting of interest. out in theaters, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'll read about the story. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Okay. Let's take another one. What's All next? right. Deadpool's Unicorn writes, Packers win their first game and Rodgers is out for the whole season. Hollywood couldn't write this stuff. Sports is real life drama. I'll tell you what. There is a bar, I guess a very, very popular bar in Green Bay. And 
this is going back a few weeks ago. They announced a big promotion that every time the Green Bay Packers lose, sorry, not the Green Bay Packers, every time the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers starting at quarterback loses, drinks are going to be on the house. Now everybody gets, everybody in the bar in Green Bay gets one free drink. There are a lot of, listen, Aaron Rodgers brought a lot of wins to Green Bay, but there are people in Green Bay who were very, very upset with the way he kind of handled himself and left the city and kind of toyed around for several years that he was unhappy being there and he wanted to leave. Listen, he gave a lot of great years to Green Bay. Okay, a lot of great years to Green Bay. But some fans there were very upset with the way he left. And uh, there, there are some folks in Green Bay that are real happy right now that the Packers win their first game without him and Aaron Rodgers goes out four plays into the season. Four plays, Ray. <laughs> Your boy, Aaron Rodgers. Four plays. Man, you're and really he's out. going with that. Four plays and he's out. Anyway, uh, what, you know, he's done. He's done. And you know what? What a career. He's, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, he's got a Super Bowl ring. Just one. But he's got one. That's a lot more than a lot of NFL players ever get. Uh, and what a career he's had. All right, what's next? We've got Orange Chan who writes, A new streaming show has me wondering, why does society romanticize pirates so much? The whole idea of a good pirate seems absurd and contradictory. Same thing of uh, the obsession with vampires. Right? There, there's Look, there's always been the allure of the bad boy. Right? That's always been a thing. That's why there's been fascination with bikers, with pirates, with vampires, with whatever. There's always been this obsession with the bad boy who deep down actually has a heart of gold. That That is a trope that has gone back to Robin Hood since the original mythologies of Robin Hood. Um, so, yeah, they do that, but it's, it's an allure thing, right? They want to think about, yeah, there are the bad pirates. But then there are the good pirates who are like Robin Hood, like yeah, they just they just go after the the evil British, you know, monarchy ships and take their gold or something like that, right? It's always been a part of it. Like that's why all the girls fall in love with Robert Pattinson's Twilight Boy. Twilight. And you know, it, it happens. It happens. All right, guys, listen. We got more of your questions to get to, but before we do, let's take one final break here and find, hear from a couple of more sponsors of today's episode, our friends at DraftKings and Mint Mobile. We want to take a second to thank a sponsor of this episode, DraftKings. Football is back and in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on all the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. So get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the code CAMPIA to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CAMPIA. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, 
Mint Mobile. Signing your life away to a big wireless provider is kind of like being trapped on a roller coaster from hell. Sure, it looks like fun at first. They probably even threw in a free phone. But now you can't get off. Month after month of insane bills and unexpected thrills, like overages and surprise fees. If that sounds like your current big wireless plan, it's time to get off the ride with Mint Mobile. For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are just $15 a month. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for just 15 bucks a month. You guys know before I came to Mint Mobile, I was paying triple what I am paying now on the standard big wireless plan, and I will never go back. All plans come with unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped right to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com campia. That's mintmobile.com dot com slash campia cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia and thank you to our friends at DraftKings and of course mint mobile for sponsoring this episode all right with that down guys let's get to the rest of your questions here shall we what do we got up next we've got connor dorian who writes have you seen the trailer for the prequel pet cemetery bloodlines <laughs> no i haven't i've heard something about it but i have not seen it i we always confuse the name. What, what's what's the name of the Jason actor? Not Jason Patrick. Uh, he's in oh. he's in Winning Time. Yeah. Oh, Jason Clark. Jason yeah. Clark. Thank you. That Jason Clark Pet Cemetery. Did any of you guys see that? No, I mean I oh, remember. It sounds it. amazing already. It. Oh, I I thought the trailers were great. That movie was ass. <laughs> it was so bad. And I have officially given up on anything Pet Cemetery, So I have no interest. I have no, 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 look, I might start hearing from you guys that the movie's actually awesome and maybe I'll, I'll give it a shot. But I, uh, boy, that, that just kind of burned me on all things Pet Cemetery. All right, what's uh, next? We've got Deadpool's Unicorn who writes, I know the hype for Aquaman 2 isn't high, but James Wan has an excellent track record with me. And the first one was so fun, so much fun. Doubt it'll make as much but I'm excited. Plus, it's the end of an era. I'm excited what? for it. I, the tr the teaser. It was just a teaser. Yeah. Thirty second teaser. We're gonna get a full trailer on Thursday. The teaser was hype. I liked it. That was it. Was it was a really good teaser. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just little flashes and glimpses, but it was well put together. It's like, yeah, it reminded me about how much fun I had with the first Aquaman movie. Again, it's not a top ten greatest comic book film of all time, but it was a fun movie. The only DCEU film to make a billion dollars. None of the rest of them did. Um, and, and and it's James Wan. Now, there have been a lot of very concerning stuff. And not coming out of the Gus's Gas Station Movie Reviews dot fart kind of websites and YouTube channels. Like legitimate, like deadline variety reporting. A lot of trouble they've been having about, you know, poor, again, never believe test screening reports. Unless they're coming out of the major trades, Variety, Deadline, stuff like that. And Variety and Deadline reporting, they were they were having really bad results with their test screenings. And then they went in and did a bunch of reshoots, and the test screening scores got worse. <laughs> and it's had delays, and it's had all this kind of stuff. And you're right. It is the end of an era. It's the last DCEU movie they're going to do. And I, I hope they're able to knock it out of the park. I don't think this movie's even going to make half of what the last one did. The last one made a billion. I don't think this one makes 500 million. But that last teaser 
got me really excited. And I hope the full trailer that comes out on Thursday really gets us hyped because I, I want them to go out on a strong note. I love Jason Momoa. I love James Wan. So here's hoping for a big win for them on this. All right. What's next? Uh, Mr. Hank Dunn writes, John, I love the show, but there's one thing that annoys me. 56 minutes for topics, but only 10 minutes for member questions. The show works best as 90. I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but there we don't have we wouldn't honestly. There are times when we don't have that many member questions. Like like maybe there's four that we don't get to. Honestly, yeah. Every day we get through most of the member questions. Yeah. Like there hasn't been a day that we have not gotten through the majority of member questions. But you know, I. I am I am done doing the hour and a half to two hour shows. I'm, you guys I'm used to go two plus. Just sometimes. I mean, we used to go more than two plus. Yeah. But yeah, I remember when I originally, when I originally was putting my show together, it, the idea was like half hour to forty five minutes. Like when I was starting the John Campy YouTube channel, it was like half hour to forty five minutes was the idea, and then it became an hour, then it became an hour and twenty, then it became an hour thirty, then it became two hours, and then and often we went over two hours, and I. It's, I'm just not interested in doing shows. Listen, 90% of YouTube channels and shows like this maybe do a one-hour show a week. We do it every single day. Actually, we do multiple hour-long shows every day. And so, I, yeah, I'm I'm not interested in making it go to two hours and and, and or or even 90 minutes. I really am liking. It's made my life a lot simpler, a lot more enjoyable doing the show too. Having it at a good solid hour. Yeah. Plus and we cool. often go over an hour. Yeah. I Plus, mean, not a lot over an hour. Yeah, like an hour, hour and ten. Sometimes, sometimes we do run, you know, a little longer than that. But we also put out our short videos too, and that takes production time. Yeah, we we put out short videos. Research, we do open mics every day. Ray's I mean, got to make graphics. We put out so. a lot of content. Um, every day in, in, in terms of pure hours, like mm -hmm. we, we put out like over two hours of content every single day. And I, I think that is a lot by anybody's standard. And again, to Jonathan's point, if we were only getting through like 30 to 40% of the member questions that got sent in, I would say, well, let's, let's look at that. Let's find a way to remedy that. But again, the reality is there's usually... I'd say, I don't know if there's been a time that we've gotten, there've been 10 questions left over that we didn't get to. I mean, maybe, but like that has to be the Like rare. most of the time we get through the vast, vast majority of the yeah, questions. There's only there. a few left, yeah. but we run out of time. All right, what's next? All right, we got um, the filmmaking and fandom station. Taylor Swift will be uh, on the top three highest 2023 box office releases. You've talked about it before, John, but I want to hear current thoughts one month to go. I don't know about that. I don't know about Top that. Top three, huh? Because right now, that means it's going to have to get into the $900 million range. Mm. Because Oppen what's Oppenheimer at right now? Yeah, Oppenheimer, look. if you can find that out from here, because Oppenheimer, last I checked, was in the high 800s. Mm. Like it had passed Deadpool and Deadpool 2. 890.9, so almost 891. Okay, so you're talking about, for, for the Taylor Swift Eras Tour concert movie, it's basically going to have to be a billion-dollar film. I think this thing is going to have a monstrous opening weekend, like monstrous. But it's not going to be a billion-dollar film. So it's going to make a lot of money, especially as a concert video. It's going to make tons of money, huge money.
a billion dollars though? No. No. 300 I, I, million? I don't see that happen. I I see listen, do I think 500 million is within the realm of possibility? You know what? I do. I really think it is. But a billion? I no, nah, I'm no. No. No, no, no. It's it's a, it's a concert video. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's Taylor Swift, but it's a concert video. And so, no, I don't see it being a billion dollars. I don't think anybody could ever in history will ever put out a concert video they will make. A billion. Or make over 500 million even. You know, it's it's just, that's a different sort of beast. All right, what's next? Uh, Schickster writes, Wheel of Time season one was decent. Season two has been awesome. Uh, thoughts? Been watching nine months. Uh, what's origin of Bring on the Filthy? Oh, that's <laughs> you know what. Thing. Somebody in the chat. I've I've answered that. Many, no offense to you. I've answered that question many times. So I'm sure there's 40 people in the live chat that can answer the part about where did Bring on the Filthy come from. Uh, but with Wheel of Time, I agree. The first season was okay, right? It was good enough that I kept watching and I watched it all the way through. And uh, Rosamund Pike is, oh, I love Rosamund Pike. Um, it was a weird ending. Season one had a, had, had a weird ending, but it was good enough to make me watch through to the end. I have not started watching the second season yet. Uh, I mean, I've got, listen, this is what's on my watch list. I still have not watched Warrior season three. I have still not watched Special Ops Lioness. And I have not, gotten around to watching wheel of time season two yet i mean i've got a lot of stuff on my dance card i got to get to but i am going to get around to it and i've heard good things about it so i'm hoping it it picks it up from the quality level of last year all right what's next uh raymond verada jumping on the taylor swift bandwagon is netflix they have an ad on facebook saying uh relive taylor's eras it's not the concert but a documentary hmm. like a behind the scenes documentary of the making of the tour yeah i guess so that's interesting I mean, listen, it's an intriguing thing. Like when that news story came out that Taylor was not paid them this much, this was on top of their salaries. Taylor Swift gave her like crew and stuff like that, a $100,000 bonus each that I think they said, was it Variety or somebody said like the grand total came to about $20 million. She paid her crew in bonuses. That makes me intrigued to see what was the behind the scenes of this tour like. I mean, it's a giant production. And big tours always are. Um, but yeah, everybody's going to try to jump on board. The, the And by the way, to see who else is jumping on board the Taylor Swift train? Who? Travis Kelsey. Apparently, I was just reading an article. Apparently, the two of them started dating. But good for Travis <laughs> Kelsey. All right. And his Kansas City Chiefs. All right, what's next? All right. Uh, the filmmaking of Phantom Station. Love Gran Turismo. Need a full review, John and Ray. No. I don't know if you're going to get that. No, but. no, no. Uh, look, I, I never do a review for anything that was released more than two days ago. Like, if I don't do a full review of a movie that ha that came out more than two or maybe three days ago, then we're never doing a full review of it. Um, that's, I don't, didn't we do? No, no. You know what it is? We saw Gran Turismo early. Mm -hmm. So we just did the uh, out, of the, out of the theater reaction. We couldn't do the full review after that because it hadn't come out in theaters yet. So we just never gotten around it. That's true. That's we never got around to it. So, but unfortunately, at this point, we too did late. Re review on the show the next day, like like we went into minor, a little bit more. Yeah, minor, small, not yeah. not truly a full oh, review. Yeah. Spoiler review. Oh yeah, no. no. But for that um, movie. but no. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll unfortunately if we don't do a full review for a movie, 
right after the weekend it comes out, then we probably never get around to doing so, it. So since we got to get our But we both liked it. We yeah, liked yeah, it. Yeah, we did. We did. And I'm glad you liked it. Since we got to get our Taylor Swift facts, right? Um, because, you know, we don't want any. <laughs> she gave over 50 million. Over 50 million? Yeah. 100, 100K per trucker, too. Yep. Crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Absolutely man. crazy. Very generous. All right. What's next? Orlando writes, hey, John, how about Taylor Swift does a song for the movie Deadpool like Celine Dion? Thoughts? That would be kind of funny. That would be fun. Yeah. By the way, that's I, – I watched it again, the music video of uh, Ashes, the Celine Dion song from Deadpool 2. Somebody somewhere has to explain to me how that song did not win the Academy Award for Best Song in a Movie that year. It didn't even get nominated. So please, somebody from the Academy was there. Did it not qualify for some reason? Because forget that it's Deadpool. That song is unbelievably good. And it matches with the movie perfectly. And the music video is fantastic. But I mean, somebody at the Academy has got to explain to me how the holy hell that move, that song did not get nominated. First of all, the, the category of best song at the Academy Awards is bullshit anyway. But if you're going to have it, have the best songs get nominated. How did that song not get nominated? It should have won. How did it not get nominated? So if there was like, oh, there was a technicality, it didn't qualify because it didn't meet the eligibility. Okay, then then I will understand. But someone's going to have to explain that to me because it still pisses me off. All right, what's next? All right, we've got LeVar Toff who says, so likely she'll come. Oh, this is a two-parter. So uh, John, Lizzie Olsen, Elizabeth Olsen has mentioned multiple times that she very much wants to do stuff with the X-Men. Uh, that that's the thing she's been waiting for. So likely she'll come back if it was X-Men related. No, that was all, that was stuff she said a long time ago. And the most recent stuff she's talked about is that has really made it sound like she's, she's, she's done. Uh, she's done her, her tour with it. She's talked extensively about the fact that, you know, her commitments to the Marvel films have made her have to pass up a lot of projects she really did want to be a part of. And 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 I get that. You know, you're somebody who at the height of your powers like like a Liz Olson, I get that. But you know, she she did her due. And by the way, every unlike Jennifer Lawrence, and I love Jennifer Lawrence, don't get me wrong, but unlike Jennifer Lawrence, who clearly started to phone it in after her first appearance as Mystique. Elizabeth Olsen was turning in powerhouse performances every time. And think what you will about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Elizabeth Olsen turned in one hell of a performance in that. She was great. Her character was great. I actually think the Scarlet Witch storyline in the MCU is one of the best single character storylines in all of the MCU. Uh, the rise of her, the fall of, of Scarlet Witch, all that kind of stuff is one of the best storylines I've ever done. But... I, I really, it does sound like she's done. It, it it sounds a lot like she's done. All right, what's next? Okay, we sort of already answered this, but John Redcorn writes, uh, Bad Bunny just confirmed he's no longer El Morito. Do you think Sony will scrap the film, move forward with an actor? I think they're going to scrap it. Yeah, I think probably in, in their, I'm just guessing here, okay? Just be clear, I'm guessing. But I'm guessing in their thought process, they were thinking- No one would notice. <laughs> they were thinking, listen, Bad Bunny is one of the biggest musical acts in the world. So if we put him in it, everybody's going to go see it. 
It's science. But that's not how history has played out when you put music stars in the leads of movies. Right? It it hasn't worked out that way. So I have a feeling, again, I have no insider information on this. This is just me as an average fan speculating. My guess is the movie's done. Uh, My guess is the project's going to be shelved. I don't know that. Again, I'm just speculating as a fan. Could be wrong. But uh, my guess is they're they're probably going to be done. All right. What's next? Uh, Robert writes, hopefully y'all having a good day. Bring on the filthy. Thank you so much. I'm having a great day. Thank you. All right. What's next? Guzman writes, if the rumors were true, is there any practical reason for Kathleen Kennedy to still be Lucasfilm president? Not a KK hater. Just curious. Okay. If I had to be put, if I had to play devil's advocate, not that Kathleen Kennedy is the devil, but if I had to play devil's advocate and I, it was my job to make the case for why Kathleen Kennedy should stay on as president of Lucasfilm. And for the record, you guys know, I believe it is time for her to move on. But if I had to make the case for her to stay on, I would really just go to the numbers. The numbers are, she put out and produced $4 billion films. Like, honestly, if it was... If I had to make that argument and it was like in a in a trial court sort of scenario, <laughs> it's like, okay, the defense. All right. I would get up. You know, the, the prosecution just did three weeks presenting their case. Now it's my turn. I would just get up. Ladies and gentlemen, four $1 billion films. I rest my case. Honestly, that's what I would do. Because a lot of times that's all the shareholders are really looking at. I mean, yeah, Solo was a dud. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, not a bad little movie, actually. Actually, pretty good movie. Not as not as good as the original three, much better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Not a bad little movie, but massively underperformed, made under $400 million. So yeah, there's that. But out of the four, five, six, Six full feature motion pictures Lucasfilm put out. about right. That Kathleen Kennedy put out. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, six. So out of the six major motion pictures that Kathleen Kennedy put out as the head of Lucasfilm, four of them joined the Billion Dollar Club. Guess what? That is a higher winning percentage than Kevin Feige has as the head of Marvel. Just, just saying I'm just saying, two-thirds of the movies she produced joined the Billion Dollar Club. That's a higher percentage than Kevin Feige's at the MCU. Again, I'm just saying if I had to play devil's advocate, that's where I'm going into the courtroom and that I'm I'm presenting. Now, taking off my devil's advocate hat, I think she's got to go. She's an all-time great producer. She's good. She's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Steven Spielberg calls her the greatest producer in the history of Hollywood. And I think Steven Spielberg knows better than you do and knows better than I do. And he says she's the greatest producer in the history of Hollywood. Great. But being a producer and being the head of a studio are two different things. And I've gone on ad nauseum many, 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 many times about why, as a big admirer of Kathleen Kennedy, a first ballot Hall of Famer, Hollywood filmmaker, absolutely, she's great. As a producer, she has not fit the bill as a studio head. And I've gone over the reasons why. But uh, yeah, if I had to make the argument why she should keep it, dollars. Dollar, dollar bills is is why. All right, what's next? 
Marcus Penner writes, hey, John, we are five plus years removed from the Disney Fox merger, and it feels like they've done nothing with 20th Century Studios. Have they even turned a profit on the $40 billion acquisition? Uh, yeah. Listen, when this acquisition happened, in our little circles, everybody thought it was all about they bought Fox so they could get the X-Men. And I remember people guffawed when we said at the time, guys, the the X-Men and Fantastic Four stuff, that's all just side stuff. What they're really doing is buying libraries and they're buying articles of IP. Libraries and articles of IP. That's what they're really going after and, and getting. And it's going to be very difficult for us on the outside to specifically also got them control of Hulu, by the way. It's going to be very difficult for us on the outside to determine without an inside look at the inside books about how this all really shook out because there's probably like 20 different factors that none of us are considering. As far as what most of us movie fans were mostly concerned about, which was X-Men Fantastic Four, remember, and everybody said I was stupid. Everybody said I was stupid at the time. Kevin Feige said, when the acquisition happened, I'm not doing anything with these characters for at least five years. He made it clear. He made it public. I've got the next five years planned out. So we're not going to be doing anything with X-Men or Fantastic Four until my next five years of plans have played out. And then we're going to start bringing those characters in. And nobody believed him. Every time there was a new Marvel movie coming, everybody thought Wolverine's going to show up in this one. Ah, the Fantastic Four are coming. They're going to be in this new one. Oh, that Thanos guy coming in that Avengers movie? Look at that three scars. This is true. Three scars on his face. That's Wolverine. That means Wolverine's going to be in the movie. Everybody, like, all the time, they're definitely coming, definitely coming, definitely coming. And every time they would, I would just say, guys, Kevin Feige said they're not for five years. Oh, John, you don't believe that, do you? You can't have the X-Men and not do anything with them for five years. That's what Kevin Feige said. He said five years. And uh, and that's where we're at now. But I, again, that whole... Um, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. X-Men, Fantastic Four, part of the equation was a side thought on the acquisition. We all saw it as the most important thing because we're movie fans and that's, that's how we would perceive it. But it was really a side thought to the overall thing. So... History will tell us uh, how well, how much it paid off. Well, the creator is coming for me, and that's from 20th century, so I'm excited. <laughs> but I, do, I th that probably came after the acquisition, though. Oh, right. right? That's, so that, so that, that's not something that came pre-acquisition. That's something that was created after they already acquired it. All right. What's next? Uh, King Daddy Goat writes, the Fall of the House of Usher trailer was good. I didn't know it was out. I, I haven't seen it yet. So we'll have to check it out. I've... I've heard some people getting really excited about, about this. And no, it has nothing to do with Usher. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Not? Steal Yo Girl. It's not? Yeah. Uh, by no, the way, no, have no, you seen his new music video? Oh, Usher? Yeah. No, no. The, the basic, it's got Kiki Palmer in it, who's, of course, the lead girl from Nope. Who is, I love her. She's got the personality of a thousand burning stars. She's just fantastic. Oh, so here's, here's the background. This is real. This is true. So Kiki Palmer went to an Usher concert, right? And her and her girlfriends went, and they got dressed up in club wear, right? 
So apparently, this is me getting into TMZ bullshit, which I don't like to do, but but this it's a funny story. So Kiki Palmer, see if you can pull up a picture of Kiki Palmer, Jonathan, right. just for people who don't know what we're talking about. Because she was the lead girl in uh, in Nope, and then she was doing Password with Jimmy Fallon, which was a really fun little game show. But her and her girls go to an Usher concert, and they get dressed up in club wear, right? That's not the outfit she was wearing, but that's Kiki Palmer there. Beautiful girl, too, by the way. And her baby daddy publicly shamed her on social media saying, can't go out dressing like a slut. You're a mother and all all this kind of stuff, right? So as the urban myth goes, Usher gets in touch with her and he's got this song called uh, Boyfriend or something like that, where basically the main line is, I heard your boyfriend's looking for me. And that's cool. He should know I'm pretty easy to find. Just look for me wherever he sees you. That's the line. And he got Kiki Palmer to star in the music video <laughs> with him as he's singing, I heard your boyfriend's looking for me. And that's cool. He should know I'm pretty easy to find. Just look for me wherever he sees you. <laughs> it's like, woo! It's a, it's a pretty funny celebrity story. I like that one. And told me that story. It's a good one. All right. What's next? All right, we got Buck's Basement Rides. Week two, uh, numbers for One Piece are 145 million viewing hours, uh, 19 million views. Is this good enough for a season two? I'm not familiar with how this works. No idea. It's hard to say with Netflix, right? Yeah, I mean, here's the problem. The problem with Netflix has always been, it doesn't matter if five people watch it or 50 billion people watch it. It doesn't make Netflix any money. Uh, unless you're watching it on their ad so on an ad-supported plan. It doesn't make them any more money. The question will be, did new people sign up mm-hmm. to Netflix yeah, and then have One drive? Piece be the first thing they watch? That's the See, that's the main metric that Netflix looks for when thinking about renewing or greenlighting a second season or reinvesting is, did we get new subscribers from it? And did those new subscribers, when they signed up, make One Piece the first thing they watched? And I just don't have access to those numbers. It's why there are some sh- a lot of shows that were very popular on Netflix that suddenly disappeared because, okay, yeah, a lot of people who were already subscribers of Netflix watched it, but we didn't get any new subscriptions from it. And without new subscriptions, it doesn't matter how many people watch it. I mean, it's just, it's a weird, weird paradigm that's kind of difficult for us to wrap our heads around. But I feel it's, like it's a flaw. So I honestly, I just don't know. That's the yeah. answer. I, I just don't know. All right, what's next? Okay, uh, we've got Sean Sheridan who gives him some support. And then um, Connor Dorian writes, Brightburn made $33.2 million on a $6 million budget. Yeah, yeah, which is, again, <laughs> the $6 million budget thing is cool, but with marketing and stuff like that, like $33 million is not a number that's going to cut it. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? Uh, Mumbrall writes, Miss the vehicle mascot trend. Batmobile is the only consistent one being used. 18 van, General Lee DeLorean, Airwolf kit, etc. Let's get some new ones. I mean, there's a difference between the Batmobile because like the Batmobile is made to look like Batman, right? It, it was made to be the embodiment of Batman. Kit, the A-team car, Airwolf, that's all a little bit different. But man, the A-team van, the big van, the black van with the stripe down the side. So I kind of open up the door, you know, the side gun in the Oh, gosh. I miss A-Team. I, I, I watched that as a kid, and I still... I was very excited when they announced that when they made the movie. Remember they made the movie? Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson, 
played Hannibal. You had Bradley Cooper playing, um, uh, not Howling Face. Mad Murdoch. He yeah. played Face. Quentin Rampage Jackson. And Quentin as, as B.A. Baracus. And you had, I keep on forgetting his name from uh, District 9. Uh, uh, Charlton oh, Copley. Charlton Copley, yeah. That played Howling Mad Murdoch yeah, yeah. in it. I met the original uh, Murdoch. Really? He was he, also in Star Trek uh, Voyager. Yeah. He was a character in Star Trek totally Voyager. Totally random. He was at the Glendale Galleria like in the 90s and I met him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I wish... Oh, go ahead. I wish that movie had worked better because they were planning on doing a full franchise yeah. out of it, but it didn't, I used to love didn't the, quite click it. I used to love the A-Team stunt show at Universal. I was going to say, hopefully he wasn't serving you Orange Julius. <laughs> no, 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 no. He was just there. He was just there. And by the way, great theme song, too. Bah, 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 oh, yeah. That's bah, one of my bah, favorites. Bah, bah. It had yeah, great I, theme I did music. like that A-Team uh, stunt show at Universal as well. All right. What's next? Uh, Jason Nelson writes, Hey guys, the Spectrum Disney deal is interesting. Wasn't streaming first in vision as being more profitable direct to consumer without the middleman. Yep. That turned out to be bullshit. That didn't work out at all. Um, only one out of all the streamers, only one is profitable. That's Netflix. And it took them over a decade to become profitable. It, uh, yeah, the problem yeah, is and that's why you're seeing them gravitate now back towards traditional cable models yeah. because it's finite because if your main income generator is subscribers, eventually you're going to run out of subscribers. Yeah. Well, Rob brings it up a lot, right? Like there's only so many people that can sign up. Yeah. So, and, and, and so it's, it's not like an ever expanding market. And so you're going to have to find a way. The only way to then make more money is to just increase your price. And it's not a sustainable model. So that's why Netflix, Hulu, Disney plus Peacock, they're all now rolling back to ad-supported models, where and which is just the way they did it on cable. All right, what's next? Um, we got Haas TV, who writes episode five of I Am Groot season two. Has Jeffrey Wright being funny? I think I'm Jeffrey not, Wright can be funny. I oh well, yeah, Jeffrey Wright can be funny. By the way, he can be very funny. But I just I didn't I don't care about I Am Groot. Yeah, I got I started. I'm like. Okay. Yeah, the the first season of it was like I watched like three of the shorts and I'm like, eh? Like yeah. it's I mean, look, baby Groot is really cute, but he's gotta be more than that. Anne watched it though. Anne watched season two. She adored it. She thought it was great, but I, I just I, I can't lie to you. I got no interest in it, to be honest with you. It might be just like one of those uh, appreciation for like the type of animated thing it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's obviously a, it's, a, it's not for everyone, but, it, but a lot of people love it. But fine. it's a merchandise mover too. Oh, it's sure. 100% a merchandise yeah, mover. So. Yeah, 1,000%. And it's they should. Actually, you know, one of the biggest mistakes Disney ever made was when, Baby uh, when the first Guardians came oh, out. Oh, sorry. Because this is when Anne was still a senior person over at Hasbro. Okay. And when the first Guardians came out, because remember, it ends with Baby Group. It ends with, like, still in the pot, right? They were not ready for that. They didn't realize. How they didn't realize this, I don't know. Because when they should have had a massive line of toys of that Baby Group ready to go when that movie came out. But they had no idea it was going to hit the audience so well. And so I remember talking to Anne, it's like, yeah, now everybody's. Like and it takes like six months to a year to roll out to get a toy from concept to on a shelf, and they're like everybody scrambled after that to get these toys made. It, it, they should have been ready for that. They, they they probably lost out on hundreds of millions of dollars on that. They made the same mistake with Baby Yoda. 
they should have had those things ready to go because when didn't they though? We were no, no, no. When we're at your yard house, I was actually um, this restaurant. I was actually overhearing some guys like. Dude, I'm trying to look for Baby Yoda Edward. They don't even have anything out yeah. for him. Like, you can what? find I like right away. They were trying to keep Baby Yoda really under wraps. Yeah, though. they did. I understand they, yeah, that. I get that. I get that. And that, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, that's a tough call right there. They rolled out. You would have to put your trust in Hasbro stickers, to keep but... that in house too. Yeah, that means you're trusting a whole community. Well, it's not even from Hasbro. A different company. You, you're you're worried about the Chinese company that are actually manufacturing, no. and then. Then Hasbro takes, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a huge thing. All right, guys, with that down, that'll do it for today's installment of Open Mic. Thank you so much for being here and making this little show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in the questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported our channel as you did it. And all of us in the room, thank you guys so much for your support. Don't forget to come back and join us again tomorrow. On the, I believe Wednesday, so Rob's going to be on the show with us tomorrow. So for people in the room with me, we got... Ray Ora, Jonathan Voiko. (laughs) See you tomorrow. I'm off to go see the next episode of Ahsoka. Hopefully he lives up to the same uh, degree of excellence that episode four had. had. My name is Sean Campion, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.